Hello everyone, welcome to the Game Dev London podcast, the community of game developers and game enthusiasts talking about the thing they all love the most, video games. Uh, my name is Nicola Humphreys, you can refer to me as she, her, uh, and I will be your host for today on this wonderful podcast. And today I am joined by none other than the other well-known GDL host, Adam. Adam, introduce <laughs> yourself for the people who do not know you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Adam Includes Boyne. I am one of the other uh, hosts and co-founders of Game Dev London. Uh, I also run my own indie studio called Bayer Jester as well. Very cool. <laughs> so you. usually on like these podcasts, I like to say like a little icebreaker question. Uh, mm-hmm. But then again, you have also been on this podcast for a while, so oh, let's see. Got one? Give goes. it to me. I'm, I'm up for I'm up for breaking ice. It is <laughs> it is warm. It is warm today. So it is ice around. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Especially with it being almost 35 degrees tomorrow, I am not looking forward to it. <laughs> I got 32 degrees up here in the north of England today, so that was that was warm enough. So yeah, tomorrow's not going to be good. Yes, indoors with aircon. <laughs> <laughs> back to breaking ice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you had to be part of any video game universe, which would it be, and why? Ooh, so. I'm gonna go with it's kind of one of my favorite my favorite games anyway, and it's it's kind of relevant to what we're going to be talking about. Um, I would I think it would be cool to be in in the world of Rocket League just because mm-hmm. to drive those cars must be absolutely wild. Um, I say that I'm thinking about it. Actually, I'm, it's difficult, isn't it? Oh God, what this is that's such a good question. I'm thinking there's so many games in my head now that I'm like I'd love to be part of that world. Actually, you know what? I I would. I think it'd be cool to be part of the Splatoon world. I don't. I haven't really played much Splatoon, but just the sheer amount of color I'm thinking of. You know, to being able mm. to have that level of decoration and be a kid, and then a squid, and then a kid, and then a squid. Um, I think would also be cool. So yeah, it's either Rocket Rocket League for fun or Splatoon for color. I think that's what I'm gonna go with. To be fair, some of the outfits I see the Splatoon kids wearing, oh, I feel like yeah. if I could get away with that, I would totally wear that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh, all the outfits sure. from. Um, Oli Oli World. I'm just like I want them so badly. <laughs> oh, I used, a long time ago I used to play a game called uh, SSX Tricky. It's a PS2 snowboarding game, but they had just the wildest psychedelic outfits ever. <laughs> there was like, and like the top level was like a full silver jumpsuit. That was the top Ooh. unlockable, and I was just like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool now. <laughs> That's so cool, with the kids. But yeah, like you mentioned, um, Rocket League can tie into the conversation and the topic we're going to have today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that is with the rise of streaming platforms, has watching playthroughs like play Let's Plays and stuff like that become just as fun and if not more fun than playing the games themselves? So we can section this off. So we start with playing games. So this is probably something... This is probably a question that a lot of us game devs get quite often. <laughs> but what are some of the games that you like to play? <laughs> so for me personally, um, it's on a, on a regular basis. So Rocket League is my most played game, um, of which I have an obscene number of hours somewhere in the 1500 range. Um, nice. <laughs> which is which is pretty which is pretty good. I know I I know people who've got a lot more just in Rocket League. I know people who have wild hours in like some big games but yeah no 1500 by far i think my, the most play game after that i think is like 200 hours so that that's how far it is compared to everything else um so rocket league is a big one um i commonly 
found playing a lot of, of FIFA because I play with some friends on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, what else have I been playing recently? Uh, I've been trying to get through Minute because it's a good classic game. I was playing Smash Brothers the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I kind of dip in between different games and stuff. I normally have one RPG or something going on that I, I dip into and out of. Um, El, which current last time was Elden Ring, but I've not played it for a few weeks now. But I need to get get back into that. Um, but yeah, Rocket League, uh, FIFA, probably the ones I, I dip into and out of most commonly, um, just because they're very they're easy to, to slip into and play for you know, ten minutes or, or play with you know, good social game and that kind of thing. So, so I think those are my standards at the minute. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am uh, not very good when it comes to FIFA. I have to admit, I think the last FIFA I played was 08 and I got red carded so much yeah. they just stopped the game and they're like, you're not allowed to play. Yeah, back yeah, to the yeah. other games. Well, this, I mean, this is, the thing. this is the thing with games at the minute. You, you know, you get you start to get weird things in the game. So uh, the new beta for the new FIFA is, is out at the minute and people talk about there's a tackle that looks like it. It's like it, they're calling it the leg breaker tackle. Ooh. And it's coming down to that kind of niche of just an animation is a bit weird that people are like, oh, wow, this is cool. But uh one of the things that sticks out for me with FIFA was uh, uh, a couple of FIFAs ago, and I was playing the manager mode. And uh, mm-hmm. while playing it, I, you know, someone scored against me or something, and I was just like, ah, oh, and swore. Um, and at the end of the match, I got a, 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 an in-game message from my uh, director of the board at the club that I was managing, being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, we heard you uh, uh, swear in uh, during the, the match and such and such. You know, we we don't approve of that behavior, and uh, if you do it again, oh, there might have to be repercussions." So it had no consequences except for this this email. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I was like, "That's oh, it's really cool, you know, that they they, they respond to that." On the other hand, I'm like, "I didn't know they were listening to me or knew what I was saying." <laughs> The game's really listening. This is not cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how these things, where these things are being taken to kind of bring players into them more. Mm. Yeah, that sort of like having the game listen to you always reminds me of the Easter eggs you can get in PT. Like I never played it and I have watched people play it because um, mm-hmm. there was that lovely filter of, well, if they're laughing, it takes the pressure off. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember there was a bit where you had to repeat the one of the characters' names, and then it would like get you to a secret ending. And I was like, "Oh, they're listening to us. <laughs> the game devs are listening no. to the gamers." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you mentioned that you play stuff like Rocket League, and then go over mm-hmm. to stuff like Smash Bros. So, what mm-hmm. sort of platforms would you say you play more on? Pro- most play platforms probably uh, PlayStation Five. Um, it's sort of the, the big setup in in my living room, and it's you know when I'm winding down on the evening, it's normally that. Um, I would say everything else is kind of equal second. You know, sometimes mobile, um, not too much. It, it kind of depends on on you know if I'm in a situation where you know like a like a train, but I have like it's going to be like half an hour. And I'm just like oh, I just need something to distract me. Then um, I've got some like RTSs and stuff on there, which is quite cool. Um, switch if i'm going away on holiday or something that's normally method of choice because you can't really carry a playstation not not with any ease um, not with the new one at least <laughs> no please no no chance <laughs> um but uh yeah switch is a great one for just having a bunch just a bunch of games just a bunch of fun you know i'm just, i'm playing through hades slowly and and that's fantastic and um there's other things that just allow me to, to drop into like smash brothers uh and then yeah new pc here and there 
Um, occasionally Xbox, if there's, you know, playing with some friends as a very specific game like Halo or something. But yeah, P- PlayStation, definitely the kind of the dominant one, just because that's where it's where most of my friends are and where most of my games are. To be fair, as like a personal opinion, I do prefer PlayStation over Xbox, and that will probably mm-hmm. like light fire under some yeah, <laughs> some discussions online. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get some comments now, but I I'm probably with you. Um, I just think it's a bit uh, this generation at the very least is just a bit easier, a bit smoother. They both got their problems, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, all I'm saying is that like a. Uh, PlayStation had the original Tomb Raider, and it wasn't until they started releasing them on on Xbox. Tomb Raider didn't get very good. I'm just saying. Just, yeah, now, things. now we're getting comments. Now we're getting comments. That was it. That's what did it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like these discussions and like the the use of all these like handheld devices, like the Switch and even modern day mobiles, that were able to play the games on the go and uh, websites sort of websites such as Statista. I think I got that right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they did a study in 2021 and they found that in total, there's about 3.24 billion gamers in the whole globe. And that's yeah. quite a lot. Like, obviously, there's quite a lot of humans in the world, but for a percentage wise, there's a lot of gamers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing is it's, it's a lot of people still see it as a, a niche industry or, or not a mainstream industry, but you know, over the pandemic, it, especially, it's it was uh, twice it was as big as film and TV combined. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest entertainment industry, in, in, certainly in the UK, I think, in the world. But I have to double check that one. Um, and it it pulls a lot of people in, and you got to think it's because it's so it gets across so many places. You know, from mobile to um, PC to the consoles to VR and all these kind of places. There are just mm-hmm. games are everywhere and they are almost inescapable. Um, and because pe- people love to play and have fun and enjoy and, and hang out with each other and games just help facilitate that. Oh, for sure. And like you even mentioned the lockdown and I feel like video games, even though we weren't able to make as many games because everyone had to work from home, just the, just the act of playing games made, I feel like almost boosted that because mm. um in 2020 cloud wars cloud wards did a sort of poll and they said 90 percent of gamers in the u.s claim that they get joy out of gaming and 87 percent of them said that video games provide them with a mental stimulation as well so it's like mm-hmm. forgetting that there's a unfortunate like flu going on outside and it's like mm. i think i'm just gonna play as nathan drake for a bit and just like, yep. forget about the world and <laughs> try not try not think about it yeah yeah exactly. no it's a, it's a big part of it yeah and i remember going into watching games haha um <laughs> i remember when the lockdown started i think one of the things that i did was because i may have been a uni student as it started which was a fun time <laughs> um <laughs> after i handed in like my final projects i was unfortunately locked in my house to like not catch it thankfully um yeah and i ended up binging Jacksepticeye play God of War, I believe. And I just mm-hmm. sat there for hours and just watched it end on end. And I was like, I am entertained. Yep. <laughs> I'm forgetting out that the outside is burning. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, in a similar kind of situation, I was uh, uh, locked in at one point, uh, we'll mm-hmm. say, um, with very little access to, to things just because of where I was. But what I did have was a Switch. And what mm-hmm. I had just done before I got logged in was buy um, Breath of the Wild. 
Um, oh, and yeah. over the, the two weeks I was locked in, I played through the entirety of Breath of the Wild, I think, from start to finish. Um, because I didn't have much else to do, but it allowed me to just, just like for multiple hours a day, just be like, whoa, and get lost in that world of doing <laughs> stuff. To be fair, I think that's probably why like Animal Crossing did as well as it did. Like, obviously, it's a massive franchise, but because mm-hmm. they timed it perfectly with the pandemic, I don't know whether they timed it perfectly, but it was a, a good timing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, for um, sure, it was. It was. Uh, I think it'd be fair to say. But I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was intentionally timed, but it was perfectly timed. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I it's kind of weird because every time someone mentions Animal Crossing, I think of like being stuck indoors and being like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's almost like a <laughs> nostalgia thing, even though it only happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of at the same time, it, it feels recent and a long time ago. And when you try to think about it, it feels almost kind of like a hazy period of, of stuff just happening because it was so yeah. chaotic, essentially. Yeah, it was like, I remember the games that were peaking at that time were like, uh animal crossing and then among us <laughs> those were the two mm-hmm. games people were playing the most oh, that, yeah yeah it was at the same time that's just, uh, mm. yeah that's strange yeah of course it was i think there was that and also full guys which i do mm-hmm. which is um I, i've noticed that there's been more less players of that recently as well mm-hmm. like yeah and, and, and mm. i think because of because of it going through uh free to play yes. um you know that that it, it's becoming you know that never used to be a model really the you know you have a game come out for a long time and then suddenly turn free like and it not only is that now a more common thing but also it, it makes accessibility so much uh it drops the level required to get into the game and be interested in it and mm-hmm. you see so many games take that model where they, they move to free to play to really bolster their audience even even the ones that do it after being popular for a while you know like we said full guys great example um mm-hmm. same thing with rocket league um that they they switch up their model to try and and or uh, Call of Duty uh, Warzone another good example to to bring in this new audience on top of the audience they've already got and that just never really used to be a thing but I imagine with the rise of Twitch and YouTube gaming and all the kind of streaming platforms access you know, uh, visibility is so much higher people see people having fun that mm-hmm. there is that route to just be like well now it's free so why don't you give it a go and da, 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 da. Yeah, like um, Shark Mob, not to shout out myself, but I will. (laughs) Uh, Shark Mob did like this charity event where they had lots of big uh, live streamers do this charity event where they would play Blood Hunt. And that really like peaked our numbers because it was like, oh, everyone's watching it. Everyone wants to play it because they want to play with like the people that they watch online. And it was really Mm -hmm. nice to see those numbers like skyrocket and be like, we're doing it. Exactly. Felt like exactly. the um the lady from Ghostbusters like we got one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but that uh leads us into our next half of the topic, which is watching mm-hmm. games. And um you say that you watch people online and so what has been one of your favorite let's plays online, whether that's like YouTube, Twitch, or Vimeo, because you never know. <laughs> uh so I do, so I do in terms let's plays that I watch regularly. So I don't watch a huge number of streamers doing things live. The only one I really can think of that I watched live was mm-hmm. apart from things like games and uh, games and quick and, and speedruns and such. Was it would have been going back a long time now, but when the first Twitch plays Pokemon was happening, mm-hmm. um, I watched that live and I watched the end of it live, um, which was a, an amazing kind of social experience to be part of this community watching this kind of 
absolute chaos turn into succeeding in a, a game. Um, and, and obviously a game that, that you know, meant a lot to me because of, of playing Pokemon a lot as a child. Um, mm -hmm. And that was super engaging to see the community come together and, and, and achieve something. Um, in terms of YouTubers, though, so in terms of more static content, um, yeah, it's quite a lot that I watch. Um, and it ranges from sort of like big proper things. So I, I have watched in the past, you know, Jack Sector Guy, like you mentioned before, um, and uh, seen Anna's and not so much recently. Um, and then, um, it's good. <laughs> um, some less popular ones that I've watched that are really interesting to do. So there's a, uh, oh, well, I think, I think. Graystal plays is super massively popular, but I sort of found him by accident. So I, I never really get a context for some of these people. I'm just like, oh, I've seen you must have a few subscribers. You look, it's like two million, and you go, yeah, okay, oh. cool. That sounds about right. Um, Graystal plays has been really good, especially kind of looking at different ways of approaching Grand Theft Auto. Um, uh, some smaller ones is uh, a good small one is uh, uh, Let's Game It Out, um, okay. who does specifically does a lot of taking on games built on systems and attempting to break those systems finding okay. loopholes or hijacks or ways that he can play around with how the game works to essentially essentially cheat but technically it's not because it's part of the rule set um so for example he discovered in a game uh this game has like an economy system you you, you uh, get uh, fish and, and dig for gems, polish them up, you sell them at a store, you get some money, buy better things. It's a standard kind of survival loop. Um, but he discovered if you sold, I think it was, it was like trash, essentially, mm -hmm. you got, it was like, it wasn't zero. It was like 0 0.01 money. Mm -hmm. And it gave you that money, but it didn't take the trash away which it would normally. So oh. you could do it again and get another one. So he, he'll do this thing when he's like, uh, ah, that's interesting. Give me a moment. And it will say like 24 hours later. And he's like, well, I've been clicking this button for 24 hours and now I am a billionaire in this game. And he's like, God, damn, how? Oh, wow. And he just, and it's so like that particular game has cut, they've come back because it's in development. The developers have come back like five times and they keep patching out the things <laughs> he's broken. And then he goes and finds more things that he can do. Um, things like, you know, you couldn't, Pick, if you were buying the items you bought were physically existed in the world so you'd pick it up to go buy it from somewhere so you mm -hmm. couldn't pick it up and just walk off it wouldn't let you but if you drove a truck up to it and then put it on the truck and then drove the truck off then it was yours and it's just weird you know quality assurance kind of mindset to kind of break these things and that that's a fascinating watch both as, from a let's play and just kind of being interested in the game perspective but then also from a game development perspective too yeah i feel like he would almost make like a great <laughs> external QA other than like like writing down the specific bugs. <laughs> mm -hmm, He's mm -hmm. like, here's all the videos of this not working. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Just it's like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of, if I made a game with systems like that, it'd be a person to send it to. One, because obviously it's a good showcase, but also because he would find interesting things that I hadn't considered or ways of manipulating the system that I hadn't thought of and ultimately in those kind of games you kind of want that you know you want that freedom to, to mess with them otherwise you're kind of undermining the point of those games which is to for people to feel creative and feel like they can do things no yeah and i i totally agree with that it's like when you give someone like a sandbox game and you go go and then if you like for example with minecraft if when you give people creative modes they do just go nuts like i've seen mm -hmm one-to-one -one replicas of Swedish cities. And I think there was one of um, 
like Hogwarts at some point as well. Like mm -hmm. if you give people the creativity for games and they will do it, even whether it's intended or whether it's through mods or maybe some debug commands that they may, may have left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> always, always a fun one. <laughs> like uh, I remember there was a speedrunning video of someone playing Doom and they managed to find the game dev room uh, Ooh, in which cool, they found yeah. this room that was in like behind a wall but I think they clipped into it somehow and it had like the the final end game weapon and he just mm -hmm. slaughtered everything that he saw and <laughs> I remember the game devs were showing this video and they went huh and they went Terry you're supposed to get rid of this I've been listening to a, there's a game dev team who are making a game at the minute and um, one of the fun things they've been doing is that they have, it's a very similar concept, they have a debug command to give to manage how they play the, to play the game mm -hmm. and they've, they've only just realised that when you can spawn anything at any point with debug command they didn't realise they'd lost all perspective on how difficult their game was because yeah. when you can go, oh I've not got any wood, give me a thousand wood, done it takes away the idea of that you have to now go and get that wood and chop it down and all that kind of thing. And so it's really it's interesting to hear how, you know, even like at that level, they just go, ah, just give me the end game gun. Obviously, they then go back and test it and all this kind of thing. But it's just you have to be in two mindsets, both how to make the game quickly, mm -hmm. but also somebody's going to play it from the beginning to the end. And that needs to be balanced, too. Yeah, it's always interesting seeing like going back to the speed runs. It's always interesting seeing someone because there's always two different speed runs of a game there's always like the genuine way and there's always like this is like the buggy way that you shouldn't really do in but it makes you defeat five nights at freddy's in like two minutes <laughs> so yep yeah yep. but uh <laughs> there's so many of like watch of them and it always brings me back to like making games for game jams and i'm like oh no <laughs> thinking of all the bugs that could potentially be in my games it's just like i don't want to think about it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it has a it has of that kind of let's play side of things. It's been really it's really interesting. It it gives a totally different perspective on games that you otherwise one that you may not otherwise have ever played because you know mm -hmm. they, they well obviously we the, the rise of Among Us has come from people picking up games that were otherwise unheard of yeah. and showcasing the best of it um you know among us was a very was a very small multiplayer game so i don't even remember what the hosting costs they had were that exploded as um somebody realized how good it was and mm. that kind of uh, vir uh vir vir virality let's go with that the ability for the game to become viral has definitely changed with the with the, the growth of let's plays and there's definitely this concept of community of a game that don't that may play it but don't necessarily have to which never really existed before that has mm. been wonders for kind of building communities around games you know this is why we, the community manager job has become so much more important because people who are fans of the game may not just be players anymore they may also just straight up be fans and just be watching the game and enjoying it and that that's a whole new kind of mindset and and, and thing to consider um, compared to kind of develop, uh, games development, say, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and like having the ability to watch someone play that game really draws in more of an audience because you're like, oh, I can see that this is a very fun game. It's almost like a like a trial run. It's like, I'll watch this first, and then if I feel like I would play it, I'll then download it. And thankfully, Among Us was like 
super cheap and then uh, a great game. So it was win-win for everyone. And then like even on the mobile, it was free. So everyone was playing it. And there was also, I remember there was a phase of like really, really big YouTubers playing Among Us and that drew in so many more audiences, um, which wasn't great on the surface I have to admit it was a little <laughs> bit slower sometimes but it was very it was almost wholesome seeing this small multiplayer game made by the people who made Stickman fight yes I think that's the name <laughs> but it was a really popular uh game. franchise yeah like it was a, it was a yeah, flash yeah. game and it was a great flash game mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. seeing people like Cinnamon Toast Ken play it um I think even think PewDiePie played it at one point but I might be getting that wrong but just seeing the intensity of like fan bases go towards a game just because like their favorite YouTubers played it or the favorite Twitch streamers played it was just like a fascinating thing to to see. It is, and it's this the the sense of uh, said in a nice way the cult of personality, but is that in that you have people who are who you resonate with and you understand and you feel like they they get what it is you're looking for from games. Mm -hmm go and have a good time playing a game sells the idea of the game to you or even just the concept of that it might be something you enjoy for example i have i have played prop hunt a few times mm -hmm. but not a lot but i have watched streamers like you know and some other people play hours of prop hunt because it is such a funny thing to watch in terms oh, of especially sure. when you watch somebody having a good time and, and that sense of them feeling like they're the smartest person in existence and just giggling at other people it's great to watch <laughs> um and it didn't necessarily drive me to go and play it oh pop them a couple mm -hmm. of times but it did bring in the concept of those kind of games and i do think that ten then driven especially from a game development perspective it drives ideas of people and games like um not 100 like you know your your, your 4v1s your phasmophobias and your dead by dead stuff are driven by that but certainly concepts have been driven further by streamers demonstrate you know locating and showcasing these kind of interesting or alternative alternative ways of playing and just games just you know little tiny games that you otherwise wouldn't have picked up and they they bring them to the fore in a way that just didn't exist before Oh, for sure. And like even just genres as well. Like, for example, I'm not the, the biggest horror fan. Like if someone says, do you want to go watch a movie that has horror in it? I'm like, no way, Jose. I'm all good. Like I, <laughs> oh, the thanks. last horror movie I watched was Women in Black and that was in cinema. That's how long mm -hmm. it's been. <laughs> but games such as like PT and Resident Evil, like I wouldn't personally sit down and watch it, but I would happily sit down and watch uh Jacksepticeye player again. I feel like I use Jacksepticeye a lot as a reference, but he does very, very good. Let's be good. I, I, I like it. Good. Um, but yeah, I'd happily sit down and watch him play or watch Game Grumps play because I had that filter of uh, humor yep. and just that slight humanity to know that I won't be scared by myself <laughs> mm -hmm. and that I have this sort of like upbeat personalities online where I could be like, all right, I'm gonna watch this through them. So then it's it's sort of like a chill experience that I can almost like eat it with dinner or watch it as I go to sleep or something like that. It's it really like breaks away the initial genre, but I feel like puts it into its own almost. Mm -hmm. And actually the way you described it there, I hadn't really thought about it in this way, but it actually kind of lines up with um kind of historically obviously if you go back to sort of the, the, the 70s 80s and 90s kind of what people were watching would have been 
much more focused on TV, but a lot of, you know, you had a lot of personalities on, on shows and you kind of followed them between the shows they moved to, you know, radio DJs and um, presenters and, you know, the prevalence of sitcoms, that kind of thing. And certainly that still exists, that definitely still exists today. But certainly for younger generations, it's kind of an evolution of that process. You know, people who, it's it's the, prov the provision of entertainment. It's that mm. uh, this is, it's people providing content where you are because we're not on our TVs like we used to be, you know, especially kind of um, anyone kind of born in the last 30 years mm -hmm. um, is going to be much more targeted on mobile, web, um, PC, etc. And so the that the same uh business that existed kind of back in, in tv and, and and radio has bloomed here and that is you know that's what streamers are is that they're creating content where the people are and then and the people came to it and that's it it's one of the things where everything that's everything that happens has happened before in one form or another and it's exactly and it's exactly here but that being said it's a fantastic to see how new technology changes it things like obviously you see on twitch nowadays people can literally interact with the game live while the person's playing it through twitch chat yeah. and through buttons and all this kind of stuff and do weird and wonderful things that you just you know yeah okay back in whatever the 90s and noughties you'd be you could ring in to speak to the presenter and suggest you dunk somebody in gunge but <laughs> there wasn't that kind of live connection whereas nowadays there absolutely is and in a really dramatic and present way we go back to what I, you know i said one of my favorite the first thing i watched live uh, one of the things I, I remember watching live was um uh was, was switch plays pokemon mm -hmm. which is basically presenterless that's almost a purely social experiment of a swarm of people hitting twitch message uh, messages in chat and a game reacting to it and it still had whatever it was like best part several hundred thousand concurrent viewers especially towards the end like a just a ridiculous number. Oh yeah, um, it was crazy. But but that all comes from a, a development of kind of the social experience. It's not. It isn't the same as it used to be. But it also is has come from the same place. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like relating back to Twitch, they also have stuff like modifications that Twitch streamers can put onto their streams, such as like the crowd control Twitch extension, which mm -hmm. means players can literally take control of their game while they're playing it. Um, mm -hmm, so it sort mm -hmm. of merges the two of watching and playing. So it's it's a very fascinating thing to watch because I've I've seen stuff like uh, uh, streamers playing Breath of the Wild, but then exploding Link randomly in a big flame of ball of fire, and it's like this is bizarre. This is amazing. And then like with Cuphead, you can heal the boss as the 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 Twitch streamer is trying to defeat it, and in Dark Souls Three, you can just decrease the player speed and just really mess up with the streamer's day. Yep. Um, yeah, and like some games as well, I don't feel like in incorporated it because of the crowd control Twitch extension, but having like couch co-op games almost allows the streamers and the content creators to play with their communities while they watch it. So it's very similar to calling into a radio and be like, hey, just want to give a shout out to my friend Steve. It's his birthday. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing is this is like I said, it's the modern ver it's the modern version of that. But also, you know, you couldn't you couldn't facilitate eight people, uh, a, a, a streamer, celebrity host, whatever it is, and seven members of the public 
playing a Jackbox type game mm. 10 years ago, let alone, you know, 20. Um, but now not only is that possible, that is almost the standard, the commonplace is that streamers do these kind of things because it's a way of it. They connect with their audience, the audience connects with them, and that's how they kind of build their their brand, as, as it were. Um, mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it is, it's fascinating to see how um, just these, these, how the platforms have changed, how the software has changed, how the, the you know, uh, how Twitch and YouTube and all these things have developed has then changed game development at the same time. You know, mm. it was, it's not just, it, you know, it may have started with people just playing the games that existed, but the games have now started to, to evolve, to join, to, to, to match, you know, whether it's, um, allowing people to do things in Twitch to change the environment or whether they feed into discord bots and, um, allow people to communicate through that or whether they, um, connect up to TV, but also provide additional stats and info, whatever it is, games have had to adjust back to mm prevalence and development of the watching of games of twitch play uh, of let's plays and all this kind of stuff and, and it's it's in it's, it's not only is it interesting to see it is fascinating to watch how different developers adjust to the changing dynamics that come from uh live games and games games as entertainment as opposed to uh, games as live entertainment as mm -hmm. opposed to games as playable interactable entertainment for the individual oh for sure and like I think it also depends on like the content creator that they get in touch with to almost promote their game because um, you don't really see many games posted on billboards or buses anymore. Like it does happen still for like big AAA games and like you can see like Call of Duty on the side of like the bus in London. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. But um, I feel like you don't nearly see that as much because so much of the audience has shifted towards like more web and phone based when you, you're scrolling across like your TikToks and your your Instagrams and it's like, oh, there's Call of Duty on here. And I've seen it five times more than I would have if I went outside and looked at a poster. And that, yeah, that, and again, that's a really good point that uh, the economy loop that's come from it, you know, make a game, it's fun, a streamer picks it up, plays it, somebody who watches that streamer because of the streamer, not because of the game, sees that game thinks it looks interesting buys it and that becomes the economy loop that is mm -hmm. the same as advertising marketing but again it's hitting people where they are i am yeah. far more likely to get a game outside of like the standards which i've heard of or my friends talking about if it's a, a niche game or an odd game or something far more likely to to purchase it or at least consider purchasing it if i've seen um people if i've seen some content of it you know if i've seen someone playing it and having a good time that's a it's um it confirmed, it's not confirming suspicion. It basically doubles down on the fact that it looks like, I thought it, once I saw it, I was like, oh, it could be interesting. And seeing someone going, ha how great is this? It makes me go, yeah, you know what? It probably is kind of like, cool to play. Um, and makes me consider that. Like an example of this would be, um, I I haven't played Astroneer yet, it's on my list, um, but I have watched somebody play it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was enough to make me down. It was on uh, Xbox Game Pass and I downloaded it because I was like, oh, you know, I'll get to that. And I haven't got to it yet. But just the fact that I even saw it and was like, "Oh, I'll download that to play later." That's <laughs> already um that to make that decision making is uh, basically ninety nine percent of what advertising marketing is there for. That's a huge jump to make somebody go, "Yeah, I'll try that." Um, yeah. And that only that you know, it's a much easier sell when you're watching somebody that you implicit implicitly trust because you watch their content because you like it. Saying, "Oh, look up," you're not even saying anything, but just saying, "I'm playing this game and I'm having a good time." It makes you go. Oh, I would have a good time if I played that game. And that 
yeah. is a very direct kind of advertising marketing, whatever you want to call it, compared to it just kind of being on a billboard and in the hope that you look at it and go, yeah, that flat static 2D image of a game looks like it'd be a fun game. <laughs> like it just it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. That's not that's not how we enjoy games. So why would it work as a, a sell point? And like I said, people still try it. The big, the massive games sell it because they're they're so huge. It's, to be honest, probably more just to remind people of when it's coming out. But if it's going to be something that's that's quirky and interesting, if I see a, a streamer or a YouTuber or whatever play it, that's more likely to sell it to me for sure. Yeah, and I feel like that could also open the box to not only incentivize fans to a specific game that's coming out, but also incentivize them to a particular franchise that's a lot bigger than the game. Mm. Because I remember. Um, when Telltale's The Walking Dead came out, bit of a throwback, but I remember PewDiePie played that and he played the first episode and I was like, I'll watch this to see if I like it. And then I was like, great, I like it, I want to play it. That's, that then led me to playing episode two, three, four, and then like the next game. And then I was like, this Walking Dead, this, I feel like they're onto something here. And then I then proceeded to watch the TV show, which was great uh, at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I am aware of what is happening, but I haven't watched it for a few seasons. But it's the whole act of just, I watched this person play this game, which was attached to a franchise. And then I mm -hmm. took interest in that franchise and decided to like be another number in their audience. And I was just like, this is great. Um, I mean, I don't play it as much anymore, but thanks to them, I'm also interested in the game company itself. So I'm super looking forward to the next wolf among us because i was just like this is such a good game <laughs> so um, it's, yeah well i was gonna say and it's exactly that it, that's another part of it that even if it doesn't make you excited for that game right now it might make you excited for the next one or mm -hmm. believe in 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 believe in the hype or whatever it might be there's a fear i can never remember the name of the theory is the theory in um advertising which is basically that you need to have seen something seven times before mm -hmm. you actually can get get interested in it, um, oh. and it, it's the idea is basically that you, when you just see something on a casual, it, it means nothing to you. There's no care to think. But by the seventh time you've seen it, it's popped up in so many places and stuff, and you've established so many connections in your brain. Your brain goes, "I should probably check what this thing actually is," and that makes you investigate. And the, you know, the fundamental of business marketing of advertising marketing is making those seven times happen that you will see it in those seven places it's mm -hmm. why you know like on youtube you get the same advert a hundred times because they're expecting by eventually a you'll remember it and then when you need to news that you will um it's a shame that youtube adverts so many of them are just absolutely terrible but that's that's by the by um <laughs> the but that's exactly it with games you know if you're if you've seen a publisher uh a, 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 a studio or, or a publisher to be fair so many times through games through let's plays and stuff uh, even if you're not buying their game for that moment in time, just the sheer fact that you've seen it will make you go, but next time I mm. might be interested. Example being, example of me being, I, I hadn't played, I haven't played uh, Bastion or Transistor or any of the, the previous, um, I'm going to forget the name of the studio now. Is it Supergiant? Yeah. Supergiant, uh, yeah, Supergiant games. If that's wrong, <laughs> I apologize. Supergiant games um, until Hades came out. And that wasn't because I wasn't bothered or anything i just it, it it never behooved me to to buy them or pay for them i just kind of like oh, i hadn't really heard a lot and then hades was everywhere 
like mm. every podcast, every video that it wasn't it was not not necessarily that it was advertised. It was just people talking about it and saying how good it was yeah. and how fantastic it was and just how amazing this game was. And you hear, oh my god, this is a, this game is amazing seven times. You go, maybe I should probably check that out. And it's a fantastic game. Do not get me wrong. But if it had come out and just not been talked about to that level, would I have bought it? Don't think so. But it was that it, you know, and this is where, this is where the power of of, of games as uh, visual entertainment, games as as audience entertainment, as people watch, grows and grows because it builds a life outside of the game purely as a piece of IP and brings mm. it into the people's homes. It brings it into people's conversations, and that's then what drives it back into the economy because more people go, maybe I should, maybe I should check that out, and then people buy it more people watch it more and the cycle continues mm -hmm. yeah and i thought like with the the growth of like twitch and youtube over the last like one five years like it's just been in, intense with like the amount of eyes that you get on a particular product or a particular person like in 2018 youtube video youtube viewers watched over 50 billion hours of gaming content on on the platform and apparently 48 percent of them uh, according to Polygon, reported that they spend more time watching games than they actually do playing games. Yeah, which is a crazy right. thing. I mean, it's it's definitely something about the the, gener the, the, the generation coming through that it's it's replaced kind of the traditional content. Um, mm. I still, I probably I probably play games more than I watch games. I would say it's quite likely, but my uh, my sister who is. Uh, younger than me probably watches games more than she plays games it's okay. certainly close and it's interesting to see and and then if i go back to like my parents and stuff they definitely do not play games more than they watch games or anything else but there is definitely a fade through into what it being your kind of not your major well basically your major form of content that you watch people play games you know you sit down to dinner or you're uh chilling out and you just on Twitch or something and, and, and hang out with those people because it's that much more kind of in your face form of social content. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's fascinating to see that to, to, that's, it's a fascinating stat, but it makes sense that it's become the primary form of kind of casual entertainment for people. Yeah. And you could almost see that in some of the, the YouTube views that certain uh, I guess YouTube celebrities or I'd say content creators because I know that celebrities is like an iffy word when it comes to content creators but um, when like as of May 2022 Elden Ring sold over 13 million copies um, mm. but then PewDiePie's first video on Elden Ring got 6.3 million copies and that's almost half the amount that was sold in May and that's it's crazy to think that like that many people went to go watch this video of Elden Ring and hopefully they were in like encouraged to go play the game afterwards. But it's it's crazy to see that the thing that he is playing, he's almost like getting half the amount of views that that game actually sold. And it's 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 a crazy thing to see. And that's just on YouTube. Like you'll probably get more views and people have clipped it on on TikTok and like probably cropped it and uploaded it on their own channels or something like that. Like obviously that's not encouraged, but <laughs> people may have done that. Oh, uh, for sure, people will, and people do highlight reels and this kind of thing. And that, and this Ooh. is part of the whole. You can't 
think of these things in isolation. It's not there are games and there are streamers over mm. here or let's players or whatever and, and other content creators and stuff. They're not separate things connecting up to kind of the middle. This is all part of one system. They are all part of an ecosystem that kind of all feeds into each other. You know, the game, like I said, games are becoming more geared, not all games, but a lot of games become more geared towards streamers and content creators. You know, we're getting replay systems that just that are way more established than they used to be and plug into external systems that make it easier to save content which then plugs into Twitch and YouTube and makes it easier to upload. I mean, mm-hmm. end of the day, you've got uh, both Xbox and PlayStation have a share button on, on the controller. It's it's that important a feature is that you hit a button and can press share and go look at this cool thing. Um, mm. And then the people who do well out of it, um, it becomes a light, it becomes a, a, a career. It becomes an opportunity to, to purely do that and make enough money from it, from the advertising and marketing and the, the uh, viewership to just do that and mm-hmm. when you when it becomes your career maybe becomes your business you have to keep feeding that which means you have to keep finding more content which means more games and equally as you become popular people look to become not necessarily popular off of you but that your content is more prevalent and therefore it's connected to more people going like oh i'll make a you know highlight clip of their last 20 shows because i'm interested in it and i think people would be or i'll cut together all of the YouTubers who play, or like a, like you get fail uh, fail videos, like uh, um, uh, Rocket League, for example, has I well, there's uh, uh, I forgot the name of the channel. There's a channel who do like epic game fails and epic game wins and da da da. da. But the yeah. epic game fails come from content creators failing, and they go, oh, we'll cut them all together and make one big video, and then they become popular from that, and that raises the profile of glitches and bugs and also says to people hey submit your clips and you can be in this too and again and you that which makes you at home do it and then you watch the video and see more people playing this game and you go that game looks funny and then mm-hmm. you buy that game and then that game does well and so they try to bring more and so on and so forth so especially nowadays when you're making a game you have to be you have to consider the impact of uh streaming and social viewing and all this kind of things even if you decide not to to lean into it too hard or to to and try not to care too much you do have to consider it because it will become if your game gets any kind of popularity it will become a part of the ecosystem of your game whether you like it or not um and you can choose not to engage with that but there Mm -hmm. are some real powerful benefits from choosing to engage with that which games like fall guys have taken uh, made a lot of use out of and Fortnite a hundred percent makes a lot out of the fact oh, that it sure. connects up with its social to social viewing and such. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it is just crazy to see. And with stuff being more competitive, like with games becoming more competitive, like Fortnite and even Rocket, the game that you play uh, and watch, you see game companies even making their games towards like pushing their games towards even like an esports uh, environment mm-hmm. as well which is one of the more like social aspects of games people actually come together to watch these groups of people play a game that they all enjoy uh and have a great time just watching a match it's like like the nerdy side of actually going to a football game. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this is what it is. I've never been to a football game, but I feel like that's what it would be like. <laughs> uh, 
so I recently went to my first kind of live esports event, which was <laughs> the Rocket League Championship Series um, tournament in London. Um, and that was my first kind of major esports event. Uh, and having been to several football games in the past as well, um, it's on the way there, but it's a lot more like to my not now. I haven't been to any of these to be fair, but it's a lot more from people that I've spoken to, a lot more like boxing or basketball. It's definitely very sports like, but mm -hmm. and it might just be the scale, um, or the length of time, uh, that things play for because obviously with, with uh, esports, it's a lot of on for a short period of time, teams can leave, more teams come in. There's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, different teams and different players and all this kind of things. Um, so it changes it up. And I've also been told that us, we in the UK are particularly good at celebrating esports because we have a, because of our, you know, sporting heritage and football and this kind of thing, we, we get, we're very good at being, <laughs> at that being loud um yeah. but being supportive of, of people in general and and believing in the occasion not necessarily just a team um but certainly the end of the kind of live viewing pyramid if you will is is live esports and people literally attending physical events to watch digital content um because much like everything else much like football and other sports and stuff end of the day it is the same you are going to watch experts be experts at something and your connection to that is the social uh tribal aspect of being a part of a community that's why you connect to it um and it's, it was fascinating to go and see that because you know you had crowds cheering you've got these these people playing this game which is a game but they are highly skilled and it's mm -hmm. there's like shocking moments and it's wow and it's amazing and there's teams just destroying other teams and um really close moments all this kind of thing it's just it is it's the same as watching sports but it's weird that it is so much more historical i guess you know football match football matches have been happening for the best part of 150 years physical mm -hmm. going and watching a football match um and here we are with the most modern of technology video games yeah still at physical events in arenas people lots of crowds of people watching it um and it just goes to establish that video games are an inherent part of of humanity in terms of it's, it's an expression of our joy of play and our joy of of community and our joy of, of engaging and engagement and all this kind of stuff that mm -hmm. we have actually brought that games have gone full circle and come back into what was otherwise have been historically a very physical event sports that we now can enjoy games in the same way and it's great to see for sure and like um even on like small scale versions of that, for example, we're going to like gaming conventions like AGX or Comic-Con when they mm -hmm, host mm -hmm. like Smash tournaments or Street Fighter tournaments. It's it's crazy how many people immediately flock to that area to be like, oh, the match is on, I gotta go watch it. Like yeah. I remember uh, AGX, I believe in 2019, myself, like even myself, I, I participated in a Tekken tournament. Um, and I was nice. like, I've never played Tekken, I'll participate, why not? I'll give it a go. And That's like- awesome. It was it was so crazy, <laughs> but it was so much fun because like uh, I hadn't played before, but I'm I'm not to brag, but I feel like I'm pretty good at those sort of games. <laughs> like I'm a big fan of Dragon Ball's universe, so I was like, it kind of the mechanics are kind of similar. I felt like oh yeah, 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 I could get along with sure. it. And then they were like, oh, here's a blindfold. We're gonna blindfold everyone, <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Um, 
So it was like this blindfolded Tekken tournament and whoever won, won this like massive Tekken statue of two of the main uh, fighters fighting each other. And I felt really bad because I ended up winning that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just people coming wow. on stage like, yeah, Tekken is my life. I've been streaming it for like five years. I'm in all these tournaments. And I'm like, hi, I'm on four hours sleep. <laughs> I played that other game. And yeah, I've come here that? to beat all of you. That is yeah, what I've come to. That's amazing. <laughs> Literally came back from a music concert for a Ninja Sex Party. That's fine. <laughs> that is that is a rock and roll <laughs> tournament, that, where you just rocked up. You're just like, what am I doing? Just hitting some buttons? All right. Yeah, I've yeah, won. It's exactly. fine. Whatever. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember I I was there with a few friends, and they were like, oh, yeah, pick her. She's great at these games. I'm like, I've never played this game. <laughs> and I just remember like every time that I lifted up my blindfold when they brought new people on stage it was a case of like as I brought it up more people were gathering because it was like oh the finale is almost here this is going to be amazing and it's it was weird to see that amount of people one looking at me because I was like this is too many people but also just like <laughs> being there for like this this gaming tournament and like all being there because they they love the Tekken franchise and it was it yep. was such a great time to see and also you can totally watch it on my YouTube channel it's my only video that I've ever uploaded but <laughs> I would recommend it's a great watch and it was cool to actually see what happened because I didn't actually I couldn't see what was going on so <laughs> <laughs> but you see even that you know we're talking about strange tournaments and and alternatives and 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 playing around with the format we're in this phase now with with uh, games where viewing them is is standard it's not a mm. new thing anymore and people are starting to mess around with the format in the same way that you know physical interact uh, interacting through twitch and interacting with the game is, is is a strange concept so is you know blindfolded tekken tournament is a strange concept but it it's engaged people are it's the same as you know when people were experimenting with game shows in like the, the 80s and 90s it's because we don't know what's going to work. We don't know what's mm. going to engage people. And so people are experimenting and seeing and, and every now and then they'll hit on something which makes it the new thing because it's um, because it's fascinating and interesting and people connect with it. And we may not mm. be expecting that, but it works. And then suddenly people go, oh, that's interesting. And that happens all, all the time in games. You look at some of the games that have been super successful. They're weird. Um, yeah. But people didn't realize that that's the kind of weird that connects with people. And that, that's what's great about games anyway. Um, but also it's really cool to see that kind of experimentation happening in these spaces too. Yeah, and even like getting the people who are playing the games into like these unique situations and it's like almost like a a, a breadcrumb effect where it's like, oh, this person is doing this and they've played uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at some point. So I think I might go watch them play that. And then if mm. I like that, I might go actually buy this game myself and play it and give it a go. Like mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I remember there was this YouTuber boxing match that happened a, a few months ago and it had like really massive names in it. It had Epic Meal Time, Game Grumps, uh, iDubs, <laughs> and he was the one who hosted it. And like they had these massive YouTubers boxing against each other, which by the way, great, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, I managed to, to get the tickets live, though it was broadcasted because it was in America, but it was still great. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh man, I've really got to go back into watching Game Grumps again. Or I gotta gotta watch these new people that I've never heard of, like um watching Minx play sports, uh play play games. I mean she's also doing sports. She is also a machine in the ring. I do not want to go up against her. <laughs> so if Minx, if you're watching, let's be friends. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting to see those like 
those strange combinations to get people to to watch and then end up potentially playing games as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and it, as it grows as a as a, uh, as a space we're going to get more and more quote unquote mainstream people connecting back into space um people coming in across you know especially we saw in the pandemic the the uh, the rise of esports games to combat the fall of regular sports. You know, we had mm-hmm. the the F one league where people, where F one drivers were playing F one the game to, to fill time and showcasing of things like FIFA matches and and Rocket League and that kind of stuff. And yeah, slowly but surely, the the two space, you know, the old mainstream media and a new kind of uh, games media will collide. Um, and yeah, it's again interesting as as these things happen. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, how these kind of things are going to connect and, and what's going to happen and uh how what create wild things will come out of it um because of what's ha- because of um what's happening uh in terms of like you know experimentation and, and trying things and, see- and just seeing what can be done uh it's gonna be fascinating to, to watch mm. yeah like just throwing like one more example out there i remember at some point there was a, a golfing tournament because um i was around my parents' place and my dad loves golf. Absolutely obsessed with it. Um, And he was watching, I think, I want to say it was PGA Tours, but I'm probably wrong. I do not know much about golf. (laughs) But they were essentially hosting an esports tournament for professional golfers because they had this like gaming setup where they would hit a ball and then it would hit the wall and then they would measure how fast that would hit the wall and it was essentially like a game that oh, they could play, yeah, yeah. But, but not having to actually go on the court and interact with like other caddies and fans and stuff like that and i just remember nudging my dad and being like so dad are you a uh, are you a gamer now is that how it is like <laughs> are you watching games now <laughs> you game have you always gamed what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> no that's really cool no, that's really cool mm. yeah and, and that's it is that we're seeing the, uh, ways in which we can bring people in that make it easier for people to, to join the cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. it, it's always been a big part of any kind of media anyway because you, you try to appeal to the widest audience but the more ways that non-gaming generations or again or people who don't really play games can can be included in this is again great because anything being more inclusive is is, is good anyway but also it brings a, it allows new ideas new thoughts and mm-hmm again the potential for experimentation oh for sure and i'm just looking forward to seeing like those lines merge even more and more like spinning into like movies where you see stuff like ready player one and it's like it's kind of gaming but not quite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then like slowly teasing it to like larger audiences that won't necessarily pick up a playstation 5 controller and and play a game but it's like almost like Dropping, dropping a, a water droplet and being like, oh, we could give it a go, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and things like VR being more real, um, mm-hmm. you know, easier to sell. It's hard to sell, a, say, a table tennis game on a controller to someone, but to sell actually, when you put it on play actual table tennis, mm-hmm. is an easier sell to somebody who enjoys table tennis. But that's still an entry point into playing video games. Oh, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing all of this sort of like unravel and not knowing anymore whether something was advertised on TV or, or radio or or even on like your phone. It's like 
like now it obviously is advertised on phones but it's just like even seeing Elden Ring still being advertised on TV it's like yes bring in non-gamers let's play some games <laughs> absolutely I remember even my mum was like this Elden Ring I feel like I could give this a go and I was like mum no the last game you played was the last legacy don't do that <laughs> <laughs> don't do it no oh my god oh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the merge between watching games and playing games while still remaining in those fields if you like enjoy watching games for uh, not wanting to play a horror game or wanting to watch a, a, a game when you're, when you're having dinner basically or whether you just want to jump back into good old Uncharted and be like I think I want to be drunk for a bit or I think I want to I think I want to like pick up Kratos's and just swing it one more time before the new game comes out. I think I think at this point there is something out there for everyone, mm. and and that's great. That's that's what we want. And you know, if you've not if you've not tried it, if you've not really had a go at, at watching whether it's esports, whether it's let's play, or anything like that, it's something that I certainly would recommend um, giving it a go, even just to understand it a bit better, especially if you're a game developer, um, yes. because you don't you don't know what you don't know and mm. until you've been able to have a go and just kind of mess around with it and be like oh hey what what is actually happening in this space um you won't realize what what has been happening and what continues to happen um mm. and i think it's worthwhile just being aware of it yeah and like even just watching videos that are a little bit less informal with all the information like i remember i got into more information about esports by watching a youtuber called Nakey Jakey and mm -hmm, he did mm -hmm. a wonderful video on esports where he just described some of the biggest gaming tournaments that had happened and what esports is all about and how it's came to be from like at the original Halo days uh, now you see um events such as the Rocket League Champion series that where the prize pool where the prize pool is just over 2 million US dollars and it's just mm -hmm. like that is insane seeing as like pong when that first came out or was it table for two either one of those games it was like if you won you get a magazine like it's crazy how that's just like escalated but <laughs> it's it's yeah i feel like if anyone wants to get into like the knowledge of esports and seeing where it has grown while also having a chuckle i'd recommend watching the nakey jakey video on esports there you go recommendation yeah. on the off the bat yeah yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, with that, um, I guess we can conclude this episode, but there's always so much to discuss about this topic. So if anyone else has anything to add to this topic or want a discussion, feel free to comment in the YouTube section below or anywhere that you're listening to this on, on your podcast apps. And if not, you can always come chat to us on the GDL podcast discord. We're always there and always chatting to people. So it's always nice to engage with the community. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been your host, Nicola, and you can find me at Humphreys Media on basically everything, especially Twitter. Pretty active on there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, big thanks to Adam for being my guest today. Where can people find you? Find out about you, Adam. <laughs> uh, you can find find me also on Twitter uh, at uh, AdamB1234. Uh, you can also find out more about the stuff that I'm doing uh, by following my studio, which is at LPD. Sweet. And that's amazing. And thanks to everyone who tuned in and be sure to check in next week where there'll be another Game Dev London 
podcast and they'll uh, a podcast episode and you can always check out the discord for all the updates and just saying hi to the rest of the hosts because i promise we are all very very lovely <laughs> um but yeah otherwise we'll see you there at the same time next week Bye-bye. bye bye bye